Sorry, I probably drank it all. Whiskey, whiskey. Welcome to episode 76 of The Whiskey Topic. I'm Mark Bylock. And I'm Jamie Johnson. And today, listener, you are from the future and we are from your past. <laughs> we are recording this on November 7th. It's Monday. Uh, we're going to release this on November 9th. It'll be Wednesday. So you will know the results of the U.S. election and we will not. That's right. We don't know what they are right now. So a uh, little tense. A uh, little tense, a little, little tense. tense going into it. I think it's uh, everyone's a little uh, on edge. Uh, so, you know, what better way to take the edge off a little bit than to have a little drink? Yeah, we are. We aren't going to talk about politics after this. Um, we, uh, you know, we know, you know, at least two thirds, if not more of our listeners are from the United States. So uh, we uh, we hope it went in the direction you wanted it to go. Um, Some of you. Sorry. But we thought <laughs> But we thought we would do a little bit uh, in the spirit of debates and two sides. Uh, we w- we thought we would do a little bit of something with um, some of our favorites uh, some of our favorite whiskeys from our whiskey cabinet that we have currently and that are you can find because you know if we okay. say this is our favorite but oh by the way you can't find it that's not fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to do one rye, mm-hmm. one bourbon or slash corn based whiskey. Mhm. And one malted barley based whiskey. Got it. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna pick one each, um, and we're gonna figure out which one is. Uh, and we're gonna have a little debate. We're gonna have to present why the whiskey's the why we think that's the best whiskey um, right. in our cabinet right now currently. Can, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, but first, but first, but first. Uh, speaking of our American uh, listeners, oh we, we, right, <laughs> we have a little bit of an apology to make. Um, we do. You know, uh, back in, I guess, what was this, over the summer months, actually, this was even before that, over the spring, uh, we did this thing, you know, we were looking at it, we're like, you know, we're not getting quite a lot of love on iTunes uh, with reviews, and we, we did this thing where we're like, oh, we'll do a shot if um, if we get reviews. And, you know, we've been looking, at, you know, we've been getting reviews every, mm-hmm. every couple of weeks, which we're very happy about, um, but uh, we, we've been giant dicks. But <laughs> We've been ignoring, you know... Two thirds of our uh, of our reviewers, and to, in your in your defense, Jamie, I, I've been the giant dick. You you have you've been you've been uh, oblivious I mean, to this as I have. Totally <laughs> oblivious. I have no idea. So Mark text messaged me, and he's like, "O M G." I didn't realize that the reviews from the American iTunes Store weren't automatically populating onto my iTunes. So we actually missed like a ton of reviews from our american friends because we never got to see them on the canadian version of itunes mark never got to see them because i don't yeah. I, I i uh I, I, you basically don't look i just i just i text basically wait for mark to look and tell me how and text doing. you the uh the screen captures <laughs> yeah and i mean you know to, in my defense on amazon i you know i have uh, you know the book on amazon has reviews and if i go to the canadian store on amazon it shows me here's the reviews in canada but then right. there here's like the U.S. Uh, reviews. I so and then also I thought, well, maybe I'll Google it, and I Googled it. But when I Googled the podcast, the iTunes store was smart enough to say, "Oh, you're from Canada. Here's the Canadian store." Um, so I just happened by coincidence. I'm like, "Oh, let me switch to the U.S. store," and all of a sudden, I'm seeing all these reviews. So um, thank you, everybody. We uh, we are thank now going to proceed to doing uh, about 25 shots. <laughs> about 25 um, shots, one for each of you. One. <laughs> Okay, so we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we would be in like pretty rough shape. But it's safe to say that we are going to be drinking uh, probably a little bit more during this podcast than we would normally because we're going through three different whiskeys. Um, so just yeah. feel good about the fact that we're probably going to be a little more lit at the end of this one than we would normally be. And we'll say some thanks. And if we if we miss you, don't worry. We'll get you a future, a future episodes and, yeah, and we do something. Some shout-outs uh, for sure. Do something special. Uh, but obviously, we we um, but we, we can't keep doing shots. Obviously, because this isn't going to work out. We're we're going to be uh, we're going to be <laughs> drinking past our doctor recommended limit of two drinks a day. Oh, don't want to cross that line. Um, so. <laughs> So our, our apologies. We were not ignoring you on purpose. We had absolutely no idea. Um, we had and, no uh, idea. You were completely hidden from the U.S. iTunes Store being in the Canadian iTunes Store. But now we know, and so and we'll make it up we, to you as we go along. That's right, and we appreciate all the um, all the feedback, all the the kind words that you've all said, uh, and the time that it's taken uh, you to uh, write out. Uh, a lovely little note to us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. It's a big, you know, it's a big part of, uh, you know, getting that kind of visibility in podcasting is to get those reviews. So very much appreciate uh, for those that have done reviews and those that will do in the future. Uh, we'll make sure to mention you on the, sto- on the show as we go f- today and future episodes. Awesome. All right, all right. 
Um, so let us begin with this. Uh, with this, I think I think we need to pick an order. Uh, who gets to go first and second? Because we might pick the same thing. Right. Um, so, Jamie, I'm going to because my phone isn't near me. I'm going to ask you to do uh, a question. Uh, ask Siri to pick a number from one to, one to two. I have to ask Siri. Yeah, and you'll be number one, and I'll be number two. Hi, and that decides. Jamie. What can I do for you? Can you pick a number between one and two? The answer is two. All right, I get to go first. All right. We'll do this every round, so we'll see. You know, we'll see how that goes. all right round number one here we Uh, go round number one is going to be our favorite rise in our cabinet that is readily purchasable in let's say north america we we can't promise the world but um so i had a a tough choice here i I actually picked two because i I think uh, jamie and i definitely we're gonna fight over this one um there's a lot of great rides in my cabinet i i'm a big big fan of rye um i think you know lot number 40 is always on my list uh uh Colonel H. Taylor's uh, rye is, you know, one of my the favorites. Uh, of course, unfortunately, that one's rarely available at stores. Um, but I, I'm going to go with something that I've continually just, just absolutely loved, 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 and that's Pikesville Six Year Old Straight Rye. Uh-huh. Um, it is a little bit more my kind of rye because it's 110 proof, a uh, little boozier rye. Um, and it's made at Heaven Hill Distillery, which uh, which yeah. we have visited once. At least I have visited once. Were you there, Jamie? Um, to Heaven Hill, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I uh, I go back every time. I don't think I've done the the full. Uh, they have like sort of an experience there, if I'm not mistaken. It's not like a, uh, I don't think I've done a distillery tour. I think mm-hmm. I've just done like you know the little video and uh, and done a tasting uh, there, uh, but I've never uh, done the full the full thing. Um, maybe I should. Do they? I don't should. know if they have one. You know, they do two tours. So Heaven Hill um, in Kentucky actually has two locations that they do tours. They have, um, this is the distillery that had the fire in, I'm going to get the years wrong, in the 90s or 2000s. I think it was the 90s, right? The, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're, they're still burned down um, um, outside of Louisville. And so what they did is they built a new distillery uh, in Louisville. Um, but out, so outside there, they uh, so in Louisville, you can kind of do the distillery tour, look at the distills. If you go outside uh, into near Bartstown, um, there you get the tour of the warehousing and and just kind of they give you like this map of how they pick, you know, how they make different whiskeys and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so two different tours um, and uh, two different styles. Uh, you'll see two different things. So they, I think I've never been on the one in Louisville, but they, I believe, they complement each other pretty well. Yeah. Um, all right. So I, um, uh, you yeah. don't know what I picked. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, Pikesville a little bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is the this is the one that's uh, it's very kind of it's as I you know we call a light rye rye. It's uh, in American whiskey. If you have a bourbon, it needs to be fifty one percent corn. If you have mm-hmm. a rye, it needs to be fifty one percent rye in the mash bill. Kind of the stuff that you start with. Yeah. Uh, but Pikesville um, is one of those kind of barely meets the minimum of like fifty one percent rye. So it's not a strong strong rye but because rye is so flavorful that's already a lot of rye mm-hmm. um and um yeah so like this is the one on the nose like it's for me the nose makes it on here it's uh like the silk cherries and the mm-hmm, hard candy yes. and the floral you can always tell a rye because it's going to be very floral and a little bit of kind of black tea there's like there's a lot of darker darker notes to it um and then on the palate let me just Just, just, just mm. reminding yourself, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is, um, you know, a lot of uh, American whiskeys have that that's caramel, but this is kind of a, this is just such a zesty, peppery caramel. It's got like a lot of that rye flavor to it. Very b- bright floral, obviously spicy, um, but I'm just loving that kind of, it's got these two layers of sweetness and rye, and it just kind of comes together, and there's like a buttery middle. It, it almost mm-hmm. reminds me of this kind of very, a very gingery cake um, that just kind of has a lot of butter and a ginger and peppery spice and the sweetness and just really nicely, beautifully constructed whiskey. Um, it's it's around. It's available and. I mean, every time I go to the um, every time I go to the U.S., I can pretty much find it. It's available at the LCBO currently. It's like a sixty dollar um, rye, and, and I'm just a big big fan of it. Yeah, we don't have that much more though, do we? We uh, we're running out of it from the LCBO. Yeah, that's uh, that'll be it for the LCBO. But that's uh, you know, but yeah, absolutely. the rest of you get some. <laughs> yeah, if you're in the U.S., you should be okay. You should be able to find this. It's a great condition addition to your whiskey cabinets. I love it. All right, 
What's, All right, Jamie, what's your what's choice? Mine? Mine's lot 40. Lot number 40. Lot number 40, right at a Hiram Walker Distillery, Corby's. Uh, actually, it was uh, sort of... Uh, they they had it for a little while, uh, but I, I don't think the world was ready for it back when it sort of came out in the, I believe, in the late 90s. Uh, yeah. And so uh, they sort of re... Uh, developed this brand and brought it back out in um 2012 uh yeah and i love this rye um you love this rye absolutely so i don't think i don't think we can argue about these very well because i'm just like oh yeah no i love pikesville yeah 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 <laughs> that's oh true. no i love yeah so no <laughs> um, we're saying where there's not gonna be any big debates here we uh, not, not huge debates no. at least not in the rye section we're that's still two right. more rounds that's right yeah who knows <laughs> um so yeah, so this is you know ninety ninety percent rye and ten percent malted rye, uh, copper pot distilled um, and aged in new oak. If I'm not wrong, mm-hmm, I believe that's right. Yeah, yeah. and uh, oh my gosh, this one's so beautiful. I love it so much. Um, I I I do get that like a little bit of plum on it, like nice. plum and like. I love that plum nose. I love that. I I think, and I find that a lot with like sherry, um, sherry cask finished whiskeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sort of plumminess, that stone fruit, dark fruit, really appeals to me. Um, but definitely got cinnamon and clove in there. Like this is a a really really rich um, rye, uh, and I haven't even tasted it yet. I'm still like I'm still working on the nose. Um, but yeah, that's my, fa- my favorite part about rise is you can just you can just nose them for for you know minutes on minutes on minutes and just keep enjoying them that way. Yeah, yeah. It got oh, it's beautiful. That's nice. It's got a little bit. It's a little you know dry. Like I don't find this one to be like super oily. Uh, it's got that sort of dryness to it. Uh, that big oak, rich. Um, it does have a little like a little brininess to it like a little bit i know that we we've talked about how there shouldn't be any you know pickleness to it but we, there's pickle in almost all the rise i've had yeah um it's it's there and i know maybe it's a flaw that's supposed to be there but it's it's this one isn't overwhelming like like sour pickles it's sort of like a brininess like a salt like sort of a on the saltier side which is it's it's not unpleasant. It's really, really nice. Uh, brown sugars, um, still like that, you know, uh, baking spices, um, black pepper, obviously, because it's a rye. So pepper, pepper, pepper. Um, yeah. Yeah. If um, if you're, you know, listening to the podcast and not driving a car and not planning to drive the car uh, and you have a rye in your cabinet, you should uh, <laughs> you should grab any rye. It doesn't matter what rye you have. Um, and you should you should just bring it up. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll play a little bit of Alan Doyle right now just to give you a little bit of time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back. Um, and so the, um, and thank you, Alan Doyle, once again, uh, for uh, giving us the rights to your Our song. song. Yeah, Yay. which I'm convinced he wrote for us, even though it came out even before the podcast. Before yeah. the podcast yeah. um, anyway, um, so he, uh, so if you take that, if you take any sort of rye um, and you nose it and just think of dill pickle, uh, mm-hmm. just think of dill, um, uh, brine, like you said, um, 90% of the time you'll nose it once and be like I don't smell dill and then once somebody tells you there's dill on this and Jamie and I we, we've done so many tastings and it mm-hmm. could be the power of suggestion but we ever say we always say dill pickle and everybody's like ah oh, dill of dill, course, of course. Uh, oh thanks for saying that now it's all I can taste so. now it's all I can taste but it's a handy trick if you want to know whether it's a rye or not uh, thil- think dill pickle and if you're picking up those notes uh, it's probably a high rye uh, high rye whiskey yeah. um you know, as for comparison to the uh, Pikesville, probably not too dill-ish. It's uh, just such a low, low percentage rye by comparison. Uh, but certainly, lot number forty has a little bit of that dill. Uh, not so much as a George Dicklemite or a oh Bullet Rye. Right. Um, yes. I mean, George Dickel just dill. It's just dill. I mean, it's in the name practically. Mm-hmm, Some mm-hmm, letters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love uh, rye, and rye has like I've, I've really come around to it. I think. Um, and, and I'm appreciating it more. Rye is not an easy grain, <clears throat> pardon me, to work with. Uh, so the, uh, you know, it's a hearty grain. Uh, mm-hmm. It grows really well here in Canada. Um, but it isn't terribly easy to, to distill, actually. Um, so my appreciation for the knowledge of, of 
you know how rye is made um, is has gone up, and so it makes me appreciate the drink even more. Yeah, I agree, and same for me as well. I just uh, uh, the more I drink it, the more I appreciate it, the more I enjoy it, and and uh, it's certainly more of a modern whiskey in terms of kind of it's got that edge to it. For sure, uh, yeah, it's a little rough, a little rough, and like and that's part of it. Like it is, uh, you know, it isn't a gentle flavor. It's not supposed to be a gentle flavor. It you know it's it's there as the backbone of bourbons for the most part because uh, you know gives you some structure and it gives you some uh, some some of those really sort of rich flavors. Um, and yeah, I, I, I really do sort of, uh, I, when you have a good rye, it really makes you like appreciate it because there are a lot of bad ryes out there and a lot of people that don't know how to distill rye properly because <laughs> right. it's, it gets bitter. It can be bitter. It can be, yeah, it's just uh, uh, so tricky. So I, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, uh, we, we, we say this often, but uh, it is absolutely rye is the, uh, hardest, hardest grain for distillers and fermenters for, and during fermentation distillation mm-hmm. uh, for, for them to work on. Yeah. All right. Sure. All right. So, uh, so far, we're, we're not arguing. So far, we're not arguing. I know. Well, <laughs> hard to argue against lot number 40. I, I feel it like is. That's, and uh, like Pikesville. It's fine. It's, you, okay. Yeah. yeah we're we're sure. doing good so far. We're doing good so, so far. So far, so good. Yeah. Um, all right. So up to the bourbon round. Let's see uh, right. Siri who gets to go first here. Hey, Siri. Uh, can you pick a number between one and two? She just asked, who, me? Like, who else am I talking to? <laughs> yes, you. Hey, Siri, can you pick a number from one to two? All right, my, my Siri on my computer picked one, so there you go, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, Jamie, you get to go first. Bourbon round. All right, bourbon round. Well, I mean, I don't think this is going to be a huge surprise to anyone what I picked. I picked Rare Breed. Rare breed. Yes, wild this is, turkey. This is not a huge surprise. No, not to anybody. Not no. to anybody. And if I pick something else, I think people will be disappointed in me because it's not it's not like me to not well, Especially pick if rare you've breed. been following you on, on Instagram, you have rare breed, which is... I know. have it with me right now, which is amazing. And actually, I was doing some work in Calgary. Um, hey, I got a shout out to uh, Wee Willie Whiskey because... Uh, I, I went out to Calgary to do some work for the Balvini, uh, doing a, a master class and uh, their whiskey in the warehouse at Willow Park, which is this unbelievably beautiful um, liquor store. And uh, Will listens to the podcast, and we had a great chat, and uh, he is a, a big whiskey lover. Uh, he came to the master class and sort of was very instrumental in organizing the um the uh, the whiskey show and nice. uh, he came over and uh, gifted me with uh, two samples one of a Balvini twenty five year um, single barrel you know no big deal uh, <laughs> that I drank promptly when I got back to the hotel this is my favorite story you're like um, I've got nothing <laughs> like, to drink here I got nothing to drink here so like why not let's just uh, let's just uh, have it here it was a you know it was a successful night it felt okay to open it uh, right, he also right. gave me they had a store pick a store barrel of uh, Woodford Reserve that was beautiful and really really well composed and uh, I drank it uh, when I got to Montreal which was the next leg of my trip so <laughs> Um, yeah, I didn't bring any of that home to share with anyone else. Uh, but thanks for that, Will. And you get a wicked shout out. You have a wicked store there. And if any of you are ever in Calgary and you want to go see a really nice spot, Willow Park is where you want to go and you want to ask for Will. He knows the stuff. Um, but that being said, they've got a lot of uh, wild turkey products there, uh, which I really appreciate because we don't get a lot of them here. So mm-hmm. uh, I actually ended up picking up one of the Kentucky Spirits. Um, but And I saw Rare Breed and I was like, oh, I should, I should just get another one i didn't but i have a good like solid half bottle here um nice. and so hopefully i'll be able to get my hands on something else before it it runs out but obviously you know you know me this is uh i went straight to the rare breed when you said pick your favorite bourbon in your cabinet so uh <laughs> i don't know what else to tell you 112.8 proof wild turkey i'm a bit of a wild turkey nerd um i haven't even tasted it yet although i i I do know what it tastes like. Um, but it's just got that. It doesn't taste like 112.8 proof. It's just a really, really well-composed um, bourbon. Yeah, and it's a, it's a, that classic um, sort of uh, blended for flavor, not for uh, age statement, because it's a blend of like 6, 8, and 12-year-old 
uh, barrels um, and balder cast strength. So it's Absolutely. it's just it's intended to give you kind of youthful and yep. older bourbon and uh, and yeah, yeah, nice, really wonderfully done. Yeah, it's um, it just like it's like home for me. Like whenever I have it, I just feel like it's a warm hug. Like it's a it's a comfortable one. I come back to it over and over again. It's never steered me wrong. I've never had a bad one. Like it's just. Um, yeah, I'm. I, I, I. I mean, we've heard that it might be released here in Ontario a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, They've been teasing coming, us. Yeah, it keeps coming out in the rumor, like mill and and things like that. So we got to find out what's going on with that because uh, I would be a happy girl if I could find this on a regular basis anywhere. Um, just the the balance of this, um, you know, when you get cast strength, sometimes you expect to get a little bit of. Um, jagged sort of rough um uh you know whiskey and i don't find this one to be that rough around the edges i I find it to be like incredibly well composed and incredibly well balanced so oh man and i I just and i feel like whenever you know whenever uh somebody picks it up that's never had a rarebreed before uh we we immediately get a tweet like yeah. Like, hey, picked it up because we, you know, they we talk about rarebreed a lot on the show. A lot. Uh, Wild turkey. If you want to send me a bottle. Approachable. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, it's a, it's a great whiskey. I, I had a really tough time with this only because um, my uh, my bourbon collection is a little on the lower side. I had a lot of rise, um, and so like I'm out of my bookers. Uh, mm. Which is very sad, mm-hmm. um, and um, I have some Taylor that I love, but um, Taylor is really hard to find. Uh, yes. I wouldn't put that on a largely available list. And a lot of my bourbons that I have, I've got some Willet. Um, a lot of the bourbons I have aren't aren't all that available, so they did not meet right. with that requirement. Um, however, um, so I had a tough choice, and my, my tough choice here, uh, and I don't have any rare breed, um, so that's 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 sad. Sorry, I probably um, drink it all. Probably. <laughs> so I had a choice, and um, I had a choice between Blanton's and Four Roses Single bar- Barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Blanton's um, a great deal, but I also talk about Blanton's a lot on the show. And I thought, well, you know what? If I'm having if I'm having uh, kind of a coin flip between these two, let's talk about uh, Four Roses Single Barrel because I think mm-hmm. that's uh, we we don't give it enough love on the show. I don't I feel, think so um, either. I know you're right. It's uh, I got one too here, and it's so. Lovely, nice high rye, and and uh, you started sort of bringing it uh, to people's houses, like you would bring like a bottle of wine. You just show up with a bottle of Four Roses Single Barrel because the price point is like incredible on it. Yeah. Um, and again, it's one of those ones that it seems to be really appealing to people. Like you know, right off the bat, they love it. I haven't heard anyone say like, "Ooh, no, I don't, I don't like this one." Yeah, it's it's one of those. Um, you're, you're right. The pr- price point for uh, for flavor, it's uh, it just wins out, especially here at the LCBO. It's a it's a forty dollar uh, bottle. Um, you can you can definitely get it for cheaper in the U.S. And in the U.S., so I've got the um, the fifty uh, percent uh, or hundred proof uh, bottle here. Um, but in the U.S., you can get the the cast strength bottlings as well, which I love even more and would would recommend those if uh, if I had one here. Um, but Four Roses is one of these wonderful distilleries that. Um, you know, distilleries always look for variation. How do we create different products? And places like, uh, you know, Buffalo Trace, their expertise is just having things stored all over the place at mm-hmm. different warehouses with different shapes and sizes and elevations, and they get a lot of variety because of climate changes and 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 the way the um, you know the way the where the warehouse is located affects that whiskey mm-hmm. uh, such a great deal. Blanton's only comes from one warehouse, you know, um, you know Eagle Rare and all this kind of stuff. So they they have that variation there. Um, Four Roses does a very interesting. They have the you know they have the um, two different. Um, two different recipes. Uh, both are very high rye. Um, mm-hmm. So they're, you know, 30% or one's 30% and the one's, I think, 28% rye. Um, and so in their mash bill, they use a lot of rye. So it's going to be very kind of rye-forward bourbon. Um, and then they also use five different yeast strengths. And, you know, you, you know, we if you look listen to past episodes, uh, especially uh, from a couple episodes ago when we had Reed and Davin on here, um, fermentation is super important. And the yeast used... Um, breaks down the grains differently, uh, highlights different flavors. And so uh, Four Roses really uses this as having the five different recipe, uh, five different yeast strains and two different recipes. Um, they use that for variety. And then the warehousing itself is very like small warehousing. They're, they're not very tall. They just want to have it basically aged the same way. They don't want that variety in the warehousing. They already have it with the 
uh, recipe and the yeast. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, awesome. So. Lovely, lovely distillery, um, beautiful whiskeys. Um, ahead of its time, uh, Four Roses used to make the old, you know, we talked about this in the last show, but the, the bullet, uh, you know, is largely behind the bullet flavors that we have, and you can, you can get some similarities there in the flavor profile. Um, but wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, every whiskey enthusiast, the bourbon enthusiast, generally loves their favorite Four Roses, and you can, of course, get the different recipe slash yeast strength uh, combination uh, at, at most liquor stores, especially all over the U.S. Yeah, not so much here, but, you yeah. know, we've talked about OESK a couple times, I think, here and there. So that's our, that's our pick, I think. Yeah, there's a, if you get the single barrel cast strength, you can look at the little, there's a four-digit number on there. Uh, look for OESK. That's our favorite one, and uh, definitely recommend that. Absolutely. No, I mean, I can't really argue with Four Roses either. Like, I don't know. And you can't really argue uh, with Wild Turkey Rare Breed. So, I know. No. We, like, this is this is the worst debate ever. <laughs> we, like, we've definitely, uh, we've definitely over-promised the uh, debating nature of this. Well, I mean, this is a wonderful thing. We don't really, I mean, we don't really. We, we did not plan out the show as far as what we're picking. So, uh, <laughs> although I think in June, when do we ever disagree on whiskey? <laughs> I know it's true because our palates are very similar. So it's, really uh, the only the only one I'm going to get in a fight with is Siri. Right. <laughs> oh, oh man, he's bugging me. Well, let's let's move on to the uh, malted barley yes. uh, round. So this is yes. a whiskey primarily based on malted barley. All right. All right. Do you want to ask Siri or why ask Siri? What's your? Uh... <sighs> let's see. Hey Siri. She doesn't even want to answer now. She's like oh. quiet here. Pick a number between one and two. I'm sorry. Did you hear that? She just <laughs> I, said, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Why man. is she apologizing? I don't Siri, know. can you pick a number between one and two? That would be one. All one. right, Jamie, you get to go first. All right. Oh, my gosh. That was really weird. <laughs> that was really weird. Literally, I'm going to fight her. Oh, you are. I am. Oof. This bottle is, uh, this bottle is a little, uh... Oh, sad. It might make it to the hill party this year. Oh, no. Yeah. All right. Oh, yay. I mean, yes, yay for everybody, but (laughs) it's uh, because it's a good one. So, I have the Balvini 14-year Caribbean cask here. Full disclosure, I work for Balvini sometimes. uh, Yes. Especially in the last little while. So, um, that being said, it's still, I, I maintain it as one of my most favorite single malts. Um, I tell people, I, I just did a, a tasting in Montreal uh, at uh, La Grande Degastation, which is their huge uh, wine and spirits festival. It's like eight hours of like thousands and thousands of people coming through. It's super intense. It's amazing super fun everyone knows what they're talking about everyone's really enthusiastic happy to be there and i was tasting uh i had sort of a lineup of the the balvini doublewood 12 the 14 year caribbean cask the 15 year single barrel the 12 year single barrel the 21 year portwood um and uh yeah and the 17 year doublewood and i when people came over and asked like well which one is your favorite i even though i had the opportunity to say 21 year portwood or like the 17 year doublewood which are delicious and and um you know but this is one that i would bring to a uh, a desert island it's my it's it's one of my mm. like top like three consistent go-to whiskeys that like i can always hang a hat on i know it's going to be delicious every time uh and so uh the balvini caribbean cask 14 years um so to make this whiskey, it spends most of its time in, in 14 years in uh, ex-bourbon barrels, as most single malt scotches do. Uh, and then it goes into a barrel that is previously held rum. And don't ask me which rum. Uh, it is a secret. Uh, not more, probably more than a handful of people know which rum it is. But Isn't it is it like a, a blend of like 50 rums. Yeah, it's a proprietary blend of rums from where I'm not sure. Uh, well, I know yeah. it's like West Indian rum, uh, but I don't know like which uh, distillery it is or, or right. anything like that. But they blend the rums there uh, and they season the, the an American oak barrel with the rums. Uh, and leave it for a certain amount of time, uh, and then it gets dumped, and then the whiskey gets dumped in. Uh, 
to a wet barrel. So uh, you've got some really intriguing hints of like tropical fruits that are in there, which is uh, is really interesting uh, for a single malt. I find that, you know, it's got a lot of uh, sweetness and brown sugar on the nose, but I don't find it to be like a cloyingly sweet whiskey at all. I, I find it has a really nice balance and complexity and, and hits all the right notes uh, for me uh, in terms of single malt. I, I do love sherry casks, uh, sherry cask finished um uh, whiskeys, but I, I, this one I just think is so interesting uh, to use a rum, bar- a, like rum barrel to uh, to finish. So, yeah, well, yeah. No, that's um, you think that's uh, among our uh, group of friends. I know that's uh, quite loved. I, I yeah. I've always enjoyed it. It's one of the it's one of those whiskeys that I I hold uh, close to my heart as well. I did mm-hmm. uh, when I, I did a tour through Scotland. Uh, I visited Belvini and. Uh, David Stewart took us through the making of some of the some of his uh, special releases, and Caribbean Cast being one of those. And I thought yep. the uh, the ingenuity of taking rum and pouring it into barrels, and then letting it kind of soak in, and then pouring it out, yep. and then yep. uh, and then putting yep. in scotch inside uh, is just a, such a wonderful idea and concept, and it works so wonderfully. The execution is excellent, and and it falls through with kind of some of the other products uh, Belvini has. But I think the Caribbean Cast is the original, and and really just a delicious. Yeah, um, and also very available whiskey. Uh, very available yeah, scotch. yeah, it's it's around almost all the time. We can get it here. Uh, I mean, I, well, I always think like if we can get it in Ontario, we can probably get it anywhere. So, uh, yeah, the uh, it's almost always available. And the Balvenie was one of the the first uh, distilleries to 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 sort of do that finishing process. They started, you know, mm-hmm. um, the malt master David Stewart was finishing uh, the like you know the double wood. Uh, was sort of like one of the very first ones that came out as a, a finished uh, product. So throwing it into a, a sherry barrel for a little while. And uh, and now it's almost the norm uh, when you yeah. find something that isn't finished uh, in a different kind of cask. You're like, oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, talk about being ahead of their time because the, the Doublewood was out... Uh, in the 80s, 80s and then everything now in from Scotland is finished in something right they yep. they age it in American oak and then they pour it into wine barrels or you know sherry barrels or or your you know French oak barrels um, they always kind of want to finish it and that finishing process creates a little more complexity a little darker color um, but so so the double wood's been around since the 80s I think uh, Belvini and, and Glenmorangie were the two distilleries that have done that consistently and right. uh Belvini is believed to be the first uh but they both kind of came out with similar products at a similar time frame uh but nobody else caught like nobody quote-unquote copied them until uh until more recently I guess closer to the whiskey shortage where they were like oh crap we're, we're running out of right. whiskey so what can we do uh and so that finishing process took hold of Scotland and is also taking hold of America I mean mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of bourbons finished in blah 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 casks yeah that's uh, all happening days. now yeah um yeah in wine casks and and sherry and and absolutely uh, i think pike creek's coming out with their rum cask finished uh whiskey if it's not oh, out wow. already that's, soon that's, yeah no it's a it's a wonderful uh it's a yeah that's a it's great great like, pick worst debate ever this is honestly <laughs> like we're just we can't we can't even try we're not even we're doing a horrible job of debating it's fine all right, so I uh, so I went uh, went a little different route. Um, this one is probably the, this is one is definitely the more expensive one on the list, but mm. um, I think it's underappreciated by a lot of whiskey drinkers. And I went with uh, Redbreast Twenty One. Oh, um, Redbreast uh, Redbreast is an Irish whiskey, so that's why we said barley, not Scotch. Right. Um, and I'm kind of in the same place I was with bourbon. I've got a lot of you know. I've got a lot of great scotch um, that's um, that's not not readily available uh, or special releases or one of releases. Um, you know, I had a hard choice because I know like Lafroy Quarter Cask is always kind of my go-to mm-hmm. uh, go-to scotch on a, on almost any given day if I'm interested in a very kind of meaty scotch. That's the one I go for. Mm-hmm. Um, but Redbreast 21 is on that kind of list of just a special dram that I have that you can actually buy in most right. places around the world. Yep. Um, 
and, and constant, you know, this this is kind of like the one that always comes in number two at any competition. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which <laughs> always makes me very sad. It's one of those like, oh, nobody cares about number two. Um, aww. Aww. And the number one one is never like one you can actually buy. So for me, I'm like, this is this is a good one to highlight. Um, Redbreast is made in Middleton Distillery in Ireland, where same same distillery as Jameson is. Um, and it is uh, a pot still, which... Uh, means that it is made with both malted and unmalted barley. Um, you know, we don't talk about unmalted barley very much, uh, but uh, malted barley basically helps. Uh, is partially, you know, barley by itself is stored as has starch. It's a stored grain, stored energy. Um, and when we when we malted, we are converting that starch into a sugar. And we do that because yeast really likes sugar and can convert sugar into alcohol very quickly. Very important. Um, yeah. Yeah, but on the other hand, uh, the uh, unmalted barley is just starch, and that means that yeast has to work a lot harder to get that ener- to get that energy out of it. Um, so this comes back as a tradition because in the old days, uh, the UK uh, used to East UK Kingdom, I guess, we used to charge based on malted barley, and so distilleries were make using unmalted barley because they don't want to pay taxes. Um, you know, eventually tax laws got updated, um, and. <laughs> The Irish still do it. Uh, both Scottish and Scottish had malted on a malted barley whiskey, but uh, the, the Irish still do it. And um, yeah, and I think, you know, the best best example of an unmalted barley, the best tasting note is kind of that broken branch or freshly yeah. cut grass kind yeah. of note. Um, not a lot of that on the Redbreast 21. It's just been aged for so long. It's right. kind of been diluted. But uh, if you look at like a, like a tiramisu type flavor note, oh. this is it. You just nose it and it's just like sweet and heavy and rich and just has so much going on the nose. That's one of those whiskeys you can, uh, you know, I've been letting it sit out for, for about 10 minutes now and I just can nose it every time and I'll pick up a different note. Um, and um, still very much red breast though, has a lot of the same characteristics, but it's just so much richer and deeper and more wonderful. And um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, we talk about whiskey shortages a lot. There, there's definitely a whiskey shortage of super high in demand whiskeys, but like this is one that is a, an incredible whiskey that's, uh, if you're a scotch drinker or, um, you know, even for for a bourbon or rye drinker, it will do wonderfully. Mm-hmm. And it's you can get it, you can find it. It's not cheap though. This is this is the most expensive one on the list. It's definitely not cheap. It'll How it'll much? run you about a few hundred. Oh, a few hundred. Okay. I think it's yeah. I think it's about two to three hundred dollars, uh, right. depending where. I've seen it for a little bit more though. To be fair, I have seen it at some stores in the U.S. for for more. And I, I would not recommend buying this over you know the kind of two hundred dollar marker. I don't think it's you know. I mean, anytime I. It's right. hard to recommend whiskey even for two hundred bucks, right? Um, just because is it twice as better as a hundred dollar whiskey? No, it's not. Yeah, so it's a wonderful whiskey, and uh, yeah, uh, Redbreast twenty one, um, but also the twelve and the fifteen are great as well. I think I think it's funny, like with uh, Irish whiskeys, uh, the calling them like pure pot still. I don't think they call it pure pot still anymore. They call it pot still whiskey, uh, yeah. and how it has absolutely nothing to do with whether or not the whiskey was distilled in a pot still. Or not? Oh yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So that is like yes. that is one of the things that always gets me about like Irish whiskey. It's so funny because it can say like pure pot still on it. Actually, I think people didn't like the word pure because it yep. implied something, so they stopped using the the word pure pot still. Um, but Americans, Americans didn't like the, <laughs> the right the word pure. Okay. All right. Uh, but uh, yeah, so basically uh, pot still whiskey uh, in Ireland doesn't mean it's distilled in a pot still. It's, it, it has to do with the kind of um, barley that they're using. So um, yeah, I think that's such a neat little tidbit, but terribly it, confusing for new whiskey drinkers. Oh, it really is. <laughs> it makes it's like zero they, sense whatsoever. No, it, it, it's, total sense. it's the same idea as like Canadian ryes are called ryes no matter how much no rye matter, they have. Exactly. Um, and even even like single malt scotch, you know, is a tough thing because the single means one distillery. That's right. all it means. That's Doesn't all mean it anything means. else. Yes. And there's I, no double malt scotch. There's no like two distillers right. or three distilleries. It's just that's right. single, which means one distillery. And yep. Malt means 100% malted barley, right. not just malted barley. That's right. 100% malted 100% barley. 100% malted barley. That's right. And and it's one of those things that come up now that I'm doing a, uh, more tastings with single malts. Um, I think there's this misconception that a single malt means it's like single barrel um, and I get that a lot when I tell people about uh, some of the glymphitics uh, that are mingled so you have um, a sherry cask finish whiskey mingled with a, a bourbon uh, cask whiskey uh, and a um, brand new oak uh, whiskey and they're mingled 
right. that doesn't mean that it's not a single malt anymore. And I think that's something that is is hard for me to sort of like uh, get into people's heads sometimes when I do these things because they'll come up and I'll say, well, this is this is three different styles of whiskey mingled, and I'll say, well, I don't drink blends. First of all, right. there's nothing wrong with blends. There is nothing wrong with a blended whiskey. There are lovely blended whiskeys out there, your Johnny Walkers, and your, you know, there's a lot of lovely blends. And I think people should open their mind. We've talked about blends before, the B word, yep. et cetera. Um, but it is one of those things where people will say, I do not drink blends, if they think that it's more than one kind of style of whiskey blended together. So I have to sort of go back to the beginning and say, well, single malt doesn't mean single barrel. It's only single barrel if it says single barrel on it. Single malt is 100% malted barley from one distillery, and that is that is that. It can be hundreds of barrels mingled together to make this Caribbean cask or the Doublewood or whatever, um, you know, Glenlivet or whatever you're making, uh, because that's what you need to get consistency between, you know, each bottling. So, uh, but there are a couple single barrel offerings from different um, companies and... Uh, but yeah, it's just fascinating. It's just so interesting when I hear that. Like, well, no, I don't. I don't have. I, I would never drink a, a blend. So right. First right. of all, I, you should. Second yes. of all, it's not exactly what it is. Right. I, I edited up uh, on on whiskey buzz whhsky.buzz. Uh, you can uh, read the article. The uh, the B word, the word that Kentucky and Scotland yes, both that's avoid. Right. That's uh, right. They they avoid the use of word blend. As much as they possibly can, but mm-hmm. it, it is every every whiskey is a blend, uh, except for single barrel ones, and certainly, you got it. Um, and so in in that case, you know, a blended Scotch though is a blend of hundred percent malted barley, well, yep. malted barley and corn. Typically, corn could be wheat. Yeah, uh, it's just a blend of. Uh, grains and so by mm-hmm. that definition, all bourbon is a blend. Yep. <laughs> so every you country defines things a little differently. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and there's. So, Oh, I was just going to say there was a there was a category for a while that they don't use it anymore. A vatted malt, yes, uh, yes. that is a bunch of uh, single malts blended together from different distilleries. So yes. you know, if, if there was a a malt that was you know from the Balvenie and Glenfiddich and put together, that would be a vatted. But people don't call it vatted malts anymore. There's that that was a kibosh on that sort of uh, on that term. So now it's all just referred to as blended whiskey. Yeah. So, but if you do have something like a monkey shoulder that's called a blended malt scotch, yes, <laughs> that is a blend of multiple distilleries. But still, Single as long malt. as malt, yes. still one hundred percent malted barley. If you see Correct. malt in the title, it means one hundred percent malted. That's barley. right. And if it's a if blend, it's from Scotland, yes, yes, I know. There's a big. Th- there's a whole other controversy. Like we can go deeper into this. Where in the U.S. there's, uh, in the U.S. there's malted whiskeys or malt whiskeys um, but because the u.s it's always 51 percent is all that you need a malt whiskey t- theoretically in the u.s only needs to have 51 percent malted barley right. um, and could have corn and other things so it's not 100 percent malted barley and they don't they don't need to tell you how much they just need to say just like a bourbon says bourbon and right. you know it's 51 percent or more corn but you're not told how much yeah you don't you don't need to be told right so yeah um uh, yeah wow that was the down the rabbit hole of that was okay we could go further but we're not gonna because uh it's it's a lot of information it's a lot of information no arguing but a lot of information so uh but you're absolutely right single pot still means absolutely nothing nothing other than what uh uh, yeah other than what the organization behind irish whiskey has defined it to be and so they define it to be uh 100 malted bar sorry see i'm i'm getting confused they define it as a barley based whiskey that's made of malted and unmalted barley has to be mm-hmm. both but the ratios aren't aren't you know aren't done so you yeah. can do whatever ratio you want but it has to have both malted and unmalted barley you got it and then it's an irish pot still and yeah there were usually used before it used to be called a pure pot still mm-hmm. uh but i believe um that the u.s uh said that they didn't like the use of the word pure, pure on whiskey because it's pure of what <laughs> uh, or pure from what? Who knows? Yeah. Um, so they went with single pot still, and that means it's from one distillery, and it's made of malted and unmalted barley, having nothing to do with a pot or a still. That's, there you go. <laughs> Not confusing whatsoever. It's so funny. It's only at this point where I'm like, oh, my gosh, whiskey just got complicated. Because when you talk to wine people, it's like, oh, my gosh, like... It's it's unbelievable how much information uh, you know you need to know to know wines really well. Like it yeah. is unbelievable. Like I, I, I couldn't do that. Um, there is you know the the I almost said distilleries. 
<laughs> the vineyards and the, the vineyards. regions and and uh, countries and subregions and terroir and there's all this stuff that's like oh my gosh I, I'm always so grateful I'm like oh whiskey is pretty straightforward until we start talking about Irish whiskey because <laughs> and sometimes American whiskey when you talk about like you know straight versus just bourbon versus Kentucky straight well I mean you just have to make it in Kentucky but still it's sort yeah. of like one of those things where then you get into the nuances of it and you remember that it's not quite as straightforward as uh, as you originally thought but still compared to wine like we're laughing like yes that's we true. are that laughing uh, whenever I meet someone who knows a lot about wine I'm like yes Amazing, you know so much. Even though, even if they know like twenty five percent, I'm so impressed. I'm just like, yes, tell me everything about wine. I have no idea what I'm talking about. It's red, perfect. I'll take it. <laughs> right, exactly. Absolutely. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah uh, it's true. I'm like always red, dry wine, good, great. Don't care, don't care what. No, yeah, doesn't matter. Just, just open just it, pour good, it. It's great. all good. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. So uh, we definitely got the uh, the lucky spirit when we when we fell into the whiskey world. Um, yes, but agreed. Ireland, just screwing uh. it all up. Just kidding. I love Irish whiskey, and it's really uh. growing on me too. And it's actually like the writer's tears that we were pouring. Me and Mark did um, an event a couple nights ago. Writer's tears performs super well. Yeah. Um, and so it's really interesting to see a lot of palettes, and that's the second time I've poured writer's tears in the last month, and it's always done really well. It sort mm -hmm. of shows you that, like, Irish whiskey, like we said a couple months ago, is having this sort of uh, resurgence, and people are appreciating it a little bit. Um, you know, even even though it's not summer and Irish whiskey is relatively light, people, I think, are sort of um, looking for something different and, you know, zesty and easy to drink. Um, and I think it's having a, a little bit of a moment, and it's going to keep going. Yeah, it's going to be huge there. There's just so much coming out of Ireland. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to see more and more of it uh, come out as it goes along. Yeah, that was a fun tasting we did on Saturday. Had a good time. Yeah, it was that. super fun. The The group was great, and it's always great to do a tasting with you because it's, it's it's so friendly. Like, it just feels like doing a tasting with your buds, right? So, it's, yeah, uh, yeah it's, uh, it, was a, it was a good one. I, I always I always like finding the person that just likes booze and doesn't care what they're drinking in the tasting <laughs> yeah. and they're like they're like always the funnest person for me to interact with because <laughs> there's, there's, there's always you know there's there's you can always when you do whiskey tasting especially in smaller groups you can always kind of like break down where everybody is yep uh, and you have kind of the, the the scotch drinker or the bourbon drinker you've got the person that just kind of likes whiskey and is just learning a lot and just like has a you know a palette for kind of a you know uh, more popular drinks like the bullets or four roses right and then you have just somebody that's just like just i don't care what this is great this yeah. is great i just whatever it's booze i'm kind of love happy. it and uh love 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 that uh, that interaction it's great yeah it's always fun always good and we've got lots going on coming up um in the next couple months and fall into whiskey season so uh mm -hmm. if you're uh mark got to go to new brunswick last year and mm -hmm. I get to go this year. Um, you do. So I'm very excited. Uh, if you're there, please come see me. I'm uh, doing uh, the Glenfiddich Masterclass, and I'm doing the Balvini Masterclass, and I'll be hanging around the uh, Balvini booth uh, during the show. So anytime uh, you want to come uh, say hello, I'll pour you something fun. Yeah, and uh, we, we meant to talk about the show uh, earlier, but uh, the New Brunswick Spirit Festival, that's already sold out. So, um, you know, put it on the calendar next yep. year. It's, it's a really great show, especially if you love scotch. You can buy so many incredible scotches at that show. Uh, they they do the whole, this whole partnership with the New Brunswick Liquor Board, and they get, in, they get stuff I just, I, I'm just wowed over. I'm like, I, you can't get any of this stuff in the U.S., and, and they're bringing it in from Scotland. Amazing. Uh, wonderful show, wonderful master classes. Uh, it's, uh, uh, Jamie, huge honor. You're, you're it's it's a huge, I know, uh, I, I can't get over Glenfiddich it. For and Belvinia, it's going to be great. And, I'm uh, grateful. Wonderful crowd. So uh, do say hello to Jamie yes, if, if you're going to the show. Yeah, come say hi. It'll um, be and then, great. Yeah, and then this weekend we'll be at the Gentleman Expo show. In, yes, uh, Toronto. In Toronto. Talking whiskey. I'll be around with Jim Beam. Uh, and Mark will be around on the, the culinary stage. So we've got, keep an eye on our Twitters. You'll see. Yeah. Uh, you'll see what's going on, and 
Yeah, it's gonna be. I'm like whiskey season is going great for me. Like, oh yeah, it's it's been so much fun. It's I, been the, great. Doing the tastings, I, I I never sleep now. It's one of those things. You yeah. go to sleep late, you wake up early, and you do it all over again. That's right. Uh, but uh, you know, this is we get to be on tour for a little while, quote unquote. Uh, yeah, <laughs> especially no. you, Jamie. I'm mean, I'm mostly doing Toronto stuff, but no, you're, uh, you're you're all over the place. Yeah, you're doing, you're I've, globetrotting. Yeah, no, I've done uh, definitely across Canada. I got to go uh, out to Calgary and then Montreal, and then came back home to do. That chasing with you mark but uh it's been great like i mean you know this gig is amazing people are like how did you get this job and i was like i don't know i just made it up myself <laughs> and it's so far so good it's working out so yeah i know it was great and i got to go uh to uh see the mountains for the very first time which is you know amazing the for rocky me mountains. i got to see the rocky mountains for the first amazing. time when i was in calgary so uh that was a, a big thrill for me and and i was happy to be doing the the whiskey in the warehouse at willow park they gave me a, a white cowboy hat which was awesome um and uh and then just flew straight to montreal to do their big show uh and you know it's always great to, it's it's interesting always to see like what different people are doing in different provinces uh you know when it comes to whiskey and and what they get and what they don't get and what we get here in ontario versus you know what other people get and and everyone has their grievances about their own liquor sort of board or their you know so it, I don't yeah. feel so bad uh, sometimes when I go around because then I, you know, the SAQ is sort of the equivalent of the LCBO in, in Quebec and um, they're having trouble getting like Caribbean cask. They can't, they can't keep it in stores out there. Oh, wow. Uh, so they, I, the people that were coming up to the booth were like, oh my gosh, like, what's this one? Like, they only get the double wood. Right, um, right. So, Oof. yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, no, it's interesting. It's interesting to see. And, uh, yeah, just follow along on our social media adventures if you want. I'm uh, at Bourbon Thing. And I'm at Mark Bylock, M-E-R-K-B-Y-L-O-K. And you can, of course, check out the website, whsky.buzz. And, uh, yeah, we do Instagram Live Instagram, sometimes. Instagram, Mike, you're way better than I am. I'm really bad at that. Like, really bad. I never, I haven't even done one single one. Because I was yeah. like, I even like sort of deleted my Snapchat. Uh, yeah, and then when you do like private events, you don't really want to Snapchat or, or Instagram about it or anything. So you always want to kind of like keep it, you know. You know. Uh, but yeah, when we're in public, we do. We'll uh, you'll you'll see us there and on on Instagram and on Twitter, of course. And yeah, not so much on Snapchat. I'm I, I'm off of Snapchat I right know. now. It's just that yeah. Instagram came out with those stories, and it's just it's like so good. It's so good. It's a lot. It's a lot to keep up with. <laughs> it is, um, and you guys, uh, do of, of course also follow us on uh, on Twitter, and uh, do reach out, let us know what you're yeah. drinking, and uh, let us know what you think of the podcast. And of course, as we mentioned, please do rate our podcast on iTunes. We very much appreciate it, and we'll say thank you to. Uh, <laughs> we have a whole. We, we're gonna have to dedicate an entire episode just we, we to saying thank you to everyone who's given us a, a shout out. We appreciate it. Bill M. Eleven, thank you, Bill M. Eleven. Ah. Crazy Sean. I don't know why Crazy Sean is crazy, but thank you again for rating us. I love crazy people. It's great. Dean.Hill, thank you so much. Very much appreciate uh, your, your review on, podca- on uh, iTunes. And I'll, one more, Bulldog Bravo. Thank <gasps> you so much. Bulldog. This is light-natured, fun, and informative. Aw. We try. That's the, we that's the old goal here. We just want to have a good time. And also, P.S., I love Bulldogs. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.